Hello, everybody. Welcome to LJN Radio and the podcast, I Want to Be A. And of course, every episode, we fill in the blank, bringing in a professional from a different industry or different type of career that you can really set your sights on and get the inside scoop right from the experts' mouths. This is actually part two of I Want to Be a Statistician, and we're talking with a pair of expert guests from North Carolina State University, Monsi Fuentes and Marie Davidian. Now, as we continue the conversation here in part two, the two ladies talk about what they really love about this industry, but also some of the myths that go along with being a statistician. Now, are there other certain aspects of either your jobs specifically or just the profession as a whole that you really just truly love and have a passion for? And, and that's why you've continued to be in the field and continue to help individuals. I mean, otherwise, what have you heard from other statisticians that they really enjoy about the work that they do? Well, I think that we love that we can choose the applications that we work on. Mm -hmm. While it is always working with numbers and data, myself, for instance, I can work on environmental problems or medical or weather forecasts, and I'm always working with people from other fields. So there is always a learning component on my end since I need to learn about the other disciplines to make some real impact. So, So it ends being very rewarding and stimulating. My experience is similar. Um, just to give your listeners an idea, um, I've worked in so many different areas, I sort of almost stopped counting. <laughs> um, I've worked with analytical chemists in the pharmaceutical industry, developing laboratory methods, say, to measure the amount of enzyme in a blood sample. I've, I've worked with crop scientists who are studying the growth of soybeans and developing new varieties of different kinds of um, plants. I've worked with pharmacologists to understand how the body processes drugs and how those drugs work. I've worked with um, experts in HIV infection and cancer. And most recently, I've, I've been working with experts in cardiovascular disease research, helping them determine the way, best ways to treat patients. And it's, it's really that, that quote about I get to play in a lot of people's backyards is, is really what I love about, about what I do. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's it's a place where individuals can sort of, uh, you know, really push themselves into different areas that they're interested in or um, possibly learn something new that they, they haven't known before. So it definitely sounds like something people can grasp onto. At the same time, just with any profession, any job, there are some things that might be more challenging, maybe things that you hope or wish you could change. What sort of things stand out in terms of those challenges or, or dislikes about uh, this industry or this profession, I should say? Well, I think it goes back to the fact that it is important to work across disciplines. Mm -hmm. So getting some training in the area of interest for the application, for example, in the medical field, having knowledge in that other field would be helpful. And this type of cross-disciplinary training is very challenging. Yes, I, I completely agree. Every time I get into a new area, just learning about that area and getting up to speed on the jargon, on the important issues... Um, it, it, it is definitely challenging, but it's also so interesting and fascinating. Um, my biggest challenge in my job is actually that I wish I had more time to work on all the different problems that I could get involved in. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, do either one of you have sort of that one project that you've worked on or helped with that you just took a lot of pride in or maybe it stood out for some other reason as being uh, just an area or a time that you remember and, and really cherish? Well, um, I, I have so many. I, I will pick a recent one. I've worked for about 10 years now in cardiovascular disease research, 
And what you find when you work in, in any kind of research involving human health and, and medicine, there's always complications because you're working with humans and humans often don't do what they're told. So, for example, <laughs> as we well know, um, for example, a study, say, to compare two different treatments for a particular kind of um, cardiovascular complication would be common, you know, and patients would be randomized to receive one treatment or another to make a fair comparison. Um, but oftentimes what patients do is they just stop taking their treatments because they don't feel like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they might have to stop taking their treatments because they develop adverse reactions or, and so on. And so this is a very challenging problem, not only in cardiovascular disease research, but also in, in other medical research, cancer and HIV infection, for example. And so um, we confronted a really major problem of this type in a recent very high-profile study in cardiovascular disease research. And we sat down and thought, okay, what can we do about this? And we went back and developed a new statistical methodology that could actually be used to hopefully get around this problem in the sense that what the clinicians, the people doing the studies really want to know is how do the treatments compare if everybody were to take them as directed? Okay. And we actually developed a methodology to be able to answer that question. And it, we were able to do that in the context of this very high-profile study and demonstrate that despite the fact that the, many of the patients did not do as they were told, the results of the study were still valid. And so that was a, that's typical of a very rewarding experience I often have working in health sciences research, is being able to develop a new statistical methodology to answer a question that is of very significant importance, but there is no existing methodology to do that. So that, that last one was, was a very, very rewarding to me. Monsi, did you have one? Yes, let me say, hurricane forecasting, I think that's one of my projects that um, stands out. We have been working on improving the accuracy of um, our extreme weather forecast, and I think that that's really, really important knowledge in alerting our citizens of these extreme weather conditions. Well, I think that's great because both of your examples really illustrate the fact that how helpful you can be by becoming a statistician in different ways you can not only help others, but sort of that grand scheme of things, um, being able to, as you said, with the hurricanes, being able to to forecast that type of thing and then deal with the health side. I think that's uh, that's really a perfect summary of what you can get into when it comes to this type of discipline. Now, I do have to ask, and we ask this of all of our guests when we bring them on, um, you know, people are curious, what is the compensation like if I'm going to be going to school or, um, you know, depending on what industry you get into? And I, I understand it can run the gamut again, as we've talked about, but is there some sort of ballpark figures you could offer up the listeners to know this is sort of what the compensation might be like if you get into this discipline? Yes, um, absolutely. I would say that the starting salary, it obviously depends on the education the level, uh, on the degree, but on average, it would be um, $60,000 if um, you have a bachelor's in the statistics, 80000 for master's, and 100000 for PhDs. Okay, great. And, and again, as we mentioned, depending on where you where you go as well and uh, different industries that might determine different things. So, But it's nice to have that figure just so people understand that. Another thing a lot of our listeners often wonder about, you know, you see things, you read things, you might uh, view something on TV or in a movie that talks about a, a profession or a job. Um, sometimes those are myths. Sometimes, you know, they're not exactly true, but that's what people get into their head as being, you know, perception being reality. Are there any sort of myths out there about uh, statisticians that you'd like to sort of clear up right now? 
I think there is a myth characterizing statisticians just as strictly book-oriented people. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that it's not, that's not the case. We are worldly and are able to get a diverse range of really good jobs from Wall Street to professional sports. The prototypical statistician to many people is someone who's sitting in a cubicle hunched over, crunching numbers somehow on a computer. And certainly we do analyze data, but we are, or we are certainly not, you know, um, boring people. In <laughs> fact, as, you, as you've probably gotten from both of us, a certain amount of creativity and inquisitiveness is, is really important to being a statistician in order to work with people in other subjects. And so it, it, we're, we're definitely a much more lively group than I think we are given credit for. Yeah, I would probably say off the cuff, the stereotype is, is as you said, maybe a little uh, duller than what you two are portraying. So obviously you're helping to to snap those myths, break those stereotypes a little bit. And <laughs> I think both of you actually mentioned, too, the idea of, you know, it could even be in the sports realm or in, in you know music. Obviously, there are numbers everywhere. Uh, so that hopefully can help people. I wanted to throw one more thing out there that wasn't on uh, sort of our prep work. And just because it popped in my head, it's something you hear all the time. It's the the term that, uh, or the phrase that statistics don't lie. What uh, what would be both of your take on that? Statistics certainly don't lie. They really help you to transform your data into knowledge to gain a better understanding and to draw conclusions. But obviously, like in, in any other disciplines, you need to make sure that you have the right training when you use the statistical tools, but they help you to bring more transparency, get a better understanding and description of the world. Right. So, I mean, you know, that, we're used to hearing that. And the truth of the matter is somebody with maybe either not full knowledge of or appreciation of statistical methods or somebody even with a certain agenda mm-hmm. can manipulate data to maybe, you know, make it seem like they are supporting a certain position or telling a certain story. But when statistical methods and statistics are applied correctly, they don't lie. They tell you whatever the data or whatever story is in the data, whatever information is there, they will extract that information and provide knowledge. But used incorrectly, certainly they can lead to misleading conclusions. And that's what we as statisticians um, try to avoid. Sure. And that would be, I mean, from what I'm hearing, sort of the ethical side of things when it comes to the human element? Right, exactly. I mean, ethics is something that's very important in in our profession Mm -hmm. because we do deal sometimes with, you know, major conclusions, say, from a medical study that have, you know, enormous implications for the public. And we simply have to get it right. We are getting low on time, but I did want to give both of you uh, um, one last opportunity here to sort of Give our listeners a takeaway, as we like to say, uh, when it comes to the job search or looking to get into uh, this discipline of, of statistics, what would you throw out there as just sort of that one last piece of advice that might be able to help them out or, or maybe you think they really need to know? Um, I, I would say in addition to having you know the skills we've talked about, quantitative skills, um, communication skills, just know that with statistics, you have the opportunity to be creative, to learn so much from different people in different areas. Um, you can expand your focus and, you know, that, that can even make you more marketable. The more things that you learn, the more disciplinary people you work with in different areas, 
the more you expand your horizons and your marketability and the knowledge that you have to go into different jobs. So it's one it's one area where you can, you know, really do a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of diversity in the opportunities you have and you can you can even change focus over the course of your career. Yeah, I certainly agree um, with that. Um, to have some impact, it is very important to combine the statistical quantitative knowledge with expertise in other subjects. It definitely makes you much more marketable. Well, great. I, I mean, thank you both for coming on and giving us your perspective. Uh, with that, we are going to have to wrap things up, however, here on I Want to Be a Statistician. Of course, as we've been having our conversation, it sounds like there are a lot of options out there should you choose this to be part of your career. Our experts today both come to us from North Carolina State University. Monse Fuentes, the head of the statistics department at NCSU, along with Marie Davidian, a professor of statistics and the American Statistical Association's 2013 president. Thanks a lot to both of you again for coming on, giving our listeners some insight. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. And of course, with that, we also enjoy hearing from you, the listeners, as well. So please send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions, whether it be for this or any of our other podcasts on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you again later.